This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo, and I'm here with Kristen LaPianca. Hello. And special appearance today by Wendy Hurd. Welcome back, Wendy. Hello. Hello, Hello Wendy. <laughs> We're back together. The girl gang is back together. Yes, for reunited. Episode. <laughs> we had to have you come on today for reasons that will become clear in a moment, but um, what the fuck have you been up to? How are you? Oh, can I just say, first of all, that when I told my partner, I was like, oh, I'm on the podcast again this morning. He's like, oh, stabby, stabby men. Why? <laughs> that is that. That's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that summarizes it very well. Um, that's everything we do here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also most of our books. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's another one that could go on a bumper sticker. Like, stabby, yeah. stabby men. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Adding it to the merch list. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I've just been, you know, I have a new job and I've been really trying to do it well and focus on it. And um, it's it's kind of a it's taking up more of my life than I'm used to. You know, like it's a big chunk of my time because you're a boss um, bitch. Yeah, but it's not in a bad way. It's just, you know, it's taking some adjustment. Like it's definitely something that I'm carrying with me throughout my life more. Usually I'm better about like I leave work and I go home and I don't think about it. But like this one's getting me a bit. So, you know, just take time. And I just turned in my um, young adult book that comes out next year. So I've been frantically trying to finish that as well. And Tell so, us about yeah. the book. That's Dead End Girls. It's about um, two teenage girls who fake their own deaths with um, disastrous consequences. And they go on this like rampage of running away from their families and the law. And they're very unlikable. My main character in that one's very unlikable. But like... It's like she's just pissed. She's mad. You know what I mean? Like she's doing it for a reason. So I'm hoping that people will uh, enjoy her anger and not tag me in reviews about it. I know she's angry. I wrote it that way. I just want to tell you that in advance. I know. She's so angry. What's her problem? You'll be like, I literally explained what her problem is. I did. So many times. I'm already ready. (laughs) It's good to be prepared. Yes. 
Well, we're so glad you're here today. We couldn't do this episode without you. I thank um, you for inviting me. It we've means been so much. <laughs> <laughs> we've been planning it for a while, and we were like, we can't. We have to have Wendy on for this. So we are going to talk about the movie The Woman in the Window, which premiered on Netflix uh, a month or two ago. That is based on our favorite novel by A.J. Finn. <laughs> <laughs> favorite novel of all time or our favorite writer yeah who taught us that you know we're not fuckable after the age of 37 thank you aj we didn't know that and now we do. birthday <laughs> it's coming up it's coming up yep. and now we're prepared because of him so thank you rivers um, of cellulite will trickle down our legs <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about this book and uh mr finn before in episode 11 which is called mediocre white men which uh, is one of my favorites of ours honestly so if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that i would say maybe go back but we should recap a little bit of <laughs> why why this person in this book are so so notorious and um, wendy do you want to do the honors i know you have a lot of feelings about well- this so AJ Finn really pissed me off with the whole cellulite and 38 years old thing. So I think that's where most of my vendetta came from. But then it was also that this New Yorker piece, if you haven't uh, read it, it's freaking awesome. Um, kind of chronicled his journey of lies to this massive book deal that included faking a doctorate. He used to call himself a double doctor. Uh how, how many doctorates does he have, Wendy? Tell he the has people. zero, but he fakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you're going to fake a doctorate, maybe just stick to one. Like, he why pretended that he had brain cancer or some other kind of cancer. He pretended his mom and brother were dead. Mom from cancer, brother from suicide. They are alive. They are not dead. Um, there was just so much. The The best part, the, high, the highlight of the whole thing was the cups of pee. He used to leave in his female supervisor's office. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> when I tried to tell someone, I told a man about this story. My favorite thing that's ever happened to me was this man was like, how do you know it wasn't a woman leaving cups of pee? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, we know. Like, do we, you want to watch me try to pee into a coffee cup <laughs> right now so that you can understand? Uh, oh, my God. So, yeah. So he's... Uh, Big fucking liar, uh, con artist, sociopath. We assume. I mean, we're not. Right. We're not doctors, but <laughs> and we won't claim to be either. But we assume he is some kind of sociopath. And the book, The Woman in the Window, was like a huge success. Yeah, it's like still in the New York Times paperback bestseller list, or was recently. I yeah, mean, like, and it was released like what in 2017. So like forever ago several years ago like if you go to any airport you will find many copies of this book and yeah. at some point i'm just like doesn't like everyone who who wants a copy of this book don't they have one already like, <laughs> right what? who is still buying this book <laughs> so many questions there were some a lot of like questions about the authenticity of the ideas in the book as well there was like the, there was a thriller film called copycat that maybe he borrowed yep. from there was a 2016 novel called Saving April. Like yes, just... and I actually I had I read Saving April after I had heard about mm-hmm. it, and the similarities are freaking uncanny. And everybody was like, "Oh, he couldn't have known what was in Saving April because it was just a year before." But then it's like, "Well, he's in publishing; he couldn't mm-hmm. have gotten a review copy." So it was like, kind of, I don't know, whatever. Shady, very shady, all the way down. Um, <laughs> so this movie was made a little while ago and at first it looked like like 
Oscar bait, right? Like it stars mm-hmm. Amy Adams, who's amazing and has been nominated for Oscars like a billion mm-hmm. times, but somehow never won, which is ridiculous. And this mm-hmm. movie will not change that for her. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> <It will not. laughs> it's directed by Joe Wright, who directed Atonement and uh, many other critically acclaimed films. Uh, the The supporting cast is completely stacked it's like gary oldman who's also a piece of shit but we don't have time to talk about that but like (laughs) julianne moore right um jennifer jason lee like everyone in this movie is incredible the screenplay Mm -hmm. was written by tracy letts who is a very famous award-winning playwright and usually does incredible work so it seemed like this movie was going to be a huge deal huge success win lots of awards in fact i believe when that new yorker piece came out there was a quote in there where AJ Thin was talking about how his next book, which we haven't heard anything about, I wonder what happened there. Um, <laughs> but his his second book, his follow up to The Woman in the Window, was due to come out the around the same time as the Oscar ceremony, where Woman in the Window would be honored. When the oh movie hadn't even been made yet. Oh my God, such a piece of shit. <laughs> so um, the expectations were high for this film. Uh... <laughs> So an interesting part of this whole journey is how heavily it borrows, like he's very influenced by Hitchcock. Like it's all about Mm -hmm. Hitchcock and really rear window. Right. And so in the book, it's like she's obsessed with watching Hitchcock movies, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I think they worked on that really hard in the film. They tried very, very, very hard yeah, there's all these scenes of her like passed out because she's like an alcoholic and drug addict and unreliable, you know, mm-hmm. um, and she's like watching the Hitchcock movies and they're, the colors are kind of like playing across her face. And yeah, they tried it. Um, well, should we tell people what this is about for like anyone who hasn't, even though apparently every person in America owns a copy of this book based on the sales, <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> OK, so this is the Blair Boff of Rotten Tomatoes, OK? Anna Fox, Amy Adams, is an agoraphobic child psychologist who finds herself keeping tabs on the picture-perfect family across the street through the windows of her New York City brownstone, which is really all the book and movie are about is just the brownstone house. Like, it's the only thing in the movie really is the house. Her life is turned upside down when she inadvertently witnesses a brutal crime based on the gripping, best-selling novel and adapted by Tracy Letts. Shocking secrets are revealed and nothing and no one are what they seem in this suspenseful psychological thriller. I mean, the whole book is basically like she sees this woman being stabbed or shot or I forget, being murdered. And then she tells the cops and no one believes her and they just think she's like crazy and she never goes outside her house because of a tragic event in her past, um, which we learn about eventually. And so it's basically one of those like unreliable narrator kind of books like Mm -hmm. Girl on the Train or like those are really popular around that time. And Mm -hmm. I guess still are to some extent, although I'm kind of sick of them personally. (laughs) I like Um, Girl on the Train still. I'll fight for it. I like it. Oh, I know. I like it. I just feel like that became such a trope in crime fiction. Like this bitch is crazy. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Uh Like it just got tiresome. But Girl on the Train does really well. This. um... (laughs) Well, I think. I think to understand this movie, you have to like sort of understand that like the book, like when you read the book, it's not one of those books that you read and you're like, this book is just plain bad because it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not like just bad. It's a more, it's a very like, it feels to me like it was like written by a machine that was created 
mm-hmm. to crank out a suspenseful bestseller novel. Like it has yes. all of the elements, but it has no joy or enthusiasm for itself. Like it's just like it's it's pretty predictable. The writing is very readable. It's very like like I read it in a day when I read it and mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, me I can't say that I like I enjoyed it, but it was like I wanted to know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like it was like engineered in a lab to be the bestseller that it ultimately became. <laughs> like one of those bots. Yeah, like yes. you said all the like best selling thrillers of the last like ten mm-hmm. years to a sociopathic AI, like this is yes. <laughs> the book that it would write. Exactly. And it is like it's enjoyable to read. Um, even though it is pretty, like, if you have read any other thrillers, it's pretty predictable. Like, you can tell what's going to happen, and it just feels very paint-by-numbers. Like, it has just all of the the tropes that you would expect. But the one thing, I, I mean, I hate it, but I got to hand it to him. Like, he set out to write a best-selling thriller and, like, just put all these ingredients in that he thought would make it a bestseller, and then it fucking worked. <laughs> yeah, and he has, like, and he has more money than God, so jokes yeah. on us, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. also, like, he, he's an editor. He sees what sells. And he's, like, clearly, like, cal- you know, taking a lot of notes on what's been selling. And I'm not really hating on that at all. You know, and I'm not hating on someone being intentionally commercial either. Because it's like, look, you want to make a living as, an, as a writer. These are the things you got to do. And I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not mad right. at that part of it. I'm a little mad. Just I'm a little mad that it worked just because yeah. I'm bitter. You know what I mean? I'm right. mad at him that it worked. That's true. I'm more bitter. I'm more bitter than angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kristen, is that a podcast making an appearance? Yes, a podcast. Hi, podcast. Hi, podcast. I refuse I to edit this podcast. out. This is all staying in. <laughs> Which podcast is sitting on the floor. This is Snapple. She was just screaming at me, but now I have picked her up and she seems to okay. be less angry. So I guess we'll go with that. Hi, Snapple. Special guest star. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, this book, like when I read it and I heard they were making a movie out of it, I was like, you could, even though it's pretty basic, like you can make a really great movie out of this. Like it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the stuff that in the book um, gets really repetitive, like where she is staring at her haggard 38 year old face and thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Snapple's so mad. She's so mad about this book. Me too, Snapple. It's okay. She's like, I'm older than 38 in cat years. And I Haggard. Shut up. <laughs> this is delighting. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. My <laughs> what is wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Are we good? Maybe she just wants to stand on my desk. That's fine. You can just stand there. Anyway. She wants to be on the show. Yeah, she wants to be famous. I get it. I get it. We all want to be famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. AJ Finn did it. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so when I thought this, you know, you could make a good movie out of it, especially with a director like Joe Wright and a screenwriter like Tracy Letts. I was like, yeah, this will probably be a pretty entertaining movie. And that's what I was expecting. Um, yes. Then it was, it was supposed to come out in theaters. I forget when, but it kept getting delayed. And then the pandemic happened and they sold it to Netflix. And it was just sort of like tossed up on Netflix without a whole lot of fanfare i mean there were definitely there was like a lot of advertising for it but um word had gotten around that it wasn't very good there'd been a lot of like reshoots and all that stuff that signals that a movie is troubled but even knowing all of that i was shocked by how fucking bad this oh my god so bad you guys it's it's so bad it is so shocking that like they took this source material that like 
despite, you know, all of the criticisms that I have of it, should have made a, a very watchable movie. Yeah. And they made a horrible movie. Horrible. It's like, it's like one of those things where, like, the it's almost like not even the same material because I just feel like there's so much that they didn't include and to its detriment where, like, it almost makes no sense. It's just basically an hour and a half of Amy Adams staggering around her five floor brownstone looking haunted yeah like okay like here's the thing though when i was reading that book i was like i don't know how they're gonna make an interesting movie out of this because very little happens in the book like a lot of it is just like she's texting someone she's sitting at a computer messaging with someone or she's standing at the window looking out the window or she's laying on the couch or like you know there's very little like actual movement physical movement in the movie you know that's a good point in the book and I was yeah. like, it's one of those like very internal stories where it's like all happening inside her head. But I was like, but like they could have they could have made use of like a voiceover to really mm-hmm. capture her mm-hmm. interior life. They just totally didn't do that. Yeah, I hate voiceover, but it might have worked in this case. Yeah. What about the thing with like the um the computer thing where she's like messaging with that group and then it turns right into, like, like they, they kind of just... cut that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's not okay. So, like in Rear Window itself, like which is clearly the book's inspiration and the movies, he also is trapped inside a small space. He's actually trapped inside a studio apartment, right? Like he's not even trapped in a large brownstone for them to like pan over a million times. Yeah, he's so, like in a small apartment, and he's like, what? He like broke his leg or something, and he can't. So yeah, it's not like. But they actually show the things that are happening outside the window. So that serves as the action in the movie where his he's unable to move, but you the the camera is taking you outside of the apartment, even though he's not outside the apartment. You know what I mean? Like you see what right. he sees. You get invested. You see what all these characters like are up to every day. And there are a lot of scenes outside the apartment where he goes here, he goes there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And in this, like you only ever see outside of the apartment through the window. So mm-hmm. it's very like, it's not a very dynamic look at what mm-hmm. is going on. It's Until just the like, end. Right. <laughs> where spoilers at the very end. <laughs> so she's been like haggard, like no makeup, wearing these like giant nightgowns. They actually made her look pretty bad, which is difficult because Amy Adams is a gorgeous woman. They actually made yeah. her look like kind of shitty. I was, yeah. But then at the at the end, after like all this has gone, gone down and she's like like healed or whatever, I don't even know she is wearing high heels (laughs) and like a nice outfit and makeup and then she leaves the the building at the end so she's healed because she's wearing like nice shoes and makeup and like looks like feminine again and (laughs) yeah that's that's how you know that you're psychologically okay is you can put on heels and walk out and get in a cab and everyone knows you lived happily ever after here's the thing though like they didn't earn that at all i'd never understood how she got better because she went through this other traumatic event i would have thought that would have made her agoraphobia worse because Mm -hmm. it was like see the world like you're reinforcing the psychological you know standpoint of like people are scary the world is scary look even when it comes in here i'm not safe like you would think it would make her worse she just needed some lip gloss and some tight jeans, you know? That's all we, yeah, any that, women, really need. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's it, yeah. Well, I think one of, the, one of the things about, like, the difference between the book and the movie that I thought was really strange is the role of her, um, her tenant, this guy who, like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. lives in her basement. Like, in the movie, that character was, like, so inexplicable. He was, like, just, like, so 
like weirdly hostile in every scene. Yeah, just an asshole all the time. But like hot, yeah. also, also hot. They have like but greasy, greasy, very at the greasy. Same time. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what is he like in the book? Remind me, because it's been forever since I read the book. Like, what what's his deal in the book? Well, I think in the book, like he's like helping her do some repairs, and I think they mm-hmm. have sex. Isn't is that right? Yeah, they have sex. They? Yeah, that's a yeah. thing. And Why did they have sex in the movie? I would have liked to see that. It meant, like his, <laughs> that character could have been completely removed from this movie with like no ill effects because True. it contributed nothing. But here's the thing: the sex scene is the worst in the book. That's the part yeah, that made terrible. me so mad. That's the like rivers of cellulite I, part. I think I blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's very it's very strange. So she has this guy living in the basement of her brownstone which like it's not it's not clear to me how many rooms or floors this building has it appears to have about one million floors uh-huh. uh, and i'm not exactly sure like where does he live versus where she lives like is he in the basement and she just has the other nine hundred thousand floors yeah i'm not, not really <laughs> sure so. exactly what's going on there but like she she keeps like finding reasons to go into his space Uh when he's not there and i don't remember exactly if she keeps doing that in the book but like he like the dynamic between them in this movie is so odd like he's just he's so angry at her and she's like i don't know it's very it's very strange it's very weird i mean he's really just there so because otherwise there's like no other suspects almost except for the husband of like the woman across the street played by gary oldman who is just like devouring the scenery oh my god yeah he is just like gnawing on it (laughs) (laughs) is this scene where he like menaces amy adams and like gets up in her face and yells at her and you like feel his spit through the screen so So strange academy award winner gary oldman um (laughs) Everything is just so, like, overwrought. It is almost like they thought, okay, there's not that much going on here. Like, there's not a lot of action. It's just her. So it has to be, like, really heightened emotion. But you can't have heightened emotion in every scene or it just becomes ridiculous. Well, yeah, you can't, like, start at a 10. Like, the level of emotional intensity. But that's kind of, like, what it does. It's just very overwrought and, like, just yanking the curtains of misery down around itself. Mm Mm-hmm. So this movie has a 25% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, very bad. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear some of the quotes from reviews on Rotten Tomatoes? I wrote of a course. few choice ones. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, drained of joy was one of them. Where I was first of all like, how are you draining it of joy when the original product had no joy? But, you know, whatever. Right. There was one that called it a would-be thriller. Which <laughs> satisfied me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exhausting instead of exciting. Yes. <laughs> yes unintentionally comical um twists and shocks are promised banality delivered (laughs) (laughs) nothing about the film works on any level and finally my favorite uh isn't even worth a hate watch but we did do that we hate watched it we we did and i i like i i was enthusiastic to hate watch it because i thought it would be more of like a fun Fun, bad Yeah. yeah but it was like actually just like Boring hate watch. Boring and boring. unpleasant to watch it. <laughs> and it felt oh. so long. It's only like 90 minutes long and it feels like three hours long. Oh, it was shorter <laughs> it for me because long. I made ample use of that fast forward 10 seconds button. 
because you need that button because it's like just all these long panning shots upstairs of yes. people walking on stairs. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't know. I have attention deficit disorder. I cannot, I can't watch people walk on stairs anymore. Like the next <laughs> time someone walks on stairs, I'm going to go crazy. It was like drinking game. Like if they spend 10 or more seconds on someone walking on stairs, you have to drink. It's like that type of deal. And then there are all the long shots of like all of her pill bottles on the coffee table. Yes. Okay, there's pill bottles. Okay, there's pills. Yes, got it. Pills. Yes, got it. Oh my god, more pills. Like she's she's now she's crushing them. Why is she? Oh my god, now she's putting them back in the box. She's crushing them, putting them back in the box, and she's uncrushing them, putting them back in the box. <laughs> she threatens suicide and never delivers. That's true. She records like a whole like, a whole video, suicide. suicide note. But she talks really slowly. She's like, this is my will and testament. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you, you might be ready to end your life, Anna, but our lives are still ongoing and hurry up. Just get to it. <laughs> Can you take me with you? <laughs> Please. And I then can't. the whole like reveal of, I mean, we can just spoil everything because this is like an old book at this point, but like yeah. the whole reveal about she was in a car accident and her son or daughter, I think, and daughter. husband were killed mm-hmm. and she just like watched them die. And I think we talked about this in the previous episode that in the book, it's like they crash over this right. ravine or into this ravine and she like can't carry her, her pretty small child up the oh. hill. So she just leaves her there to die in the snow which is like not how any that's woman what would ever really yeah. I think that's what really set me off on this book when I read it because I was just livid because I was like how old is this kid seven five four like small They're, like as a mom like no it just was like such a male author moment you know what I mean where I was yeah. there's no mom in this world who would not carry your kid up that hill it was like she just literally lays there and waits for death with of <laughs> yes. her kid yeah. I could not believe I was reading it. I was so angry. <laughs> but in the book, there's this thing where she's kind of like talking to her husband yeah. and it seems like they're estranged, but then you find out that he's been dead this whole time and it's yeah. a delusion. And in the movie, they do it with, it's like she's talking to him on the phone, but she never yeah. has a phone in her hand. So it's like really fucking obvious. Yeah. And it's also like <laughs> they have like only a few very short conversations in yeah. the movie like it's much more of a thing in the book yeah so it's just it's very it feels very tacked on yeah in the book she's talking to him like please let me see my daughter like she and the husband's like you're not ready like it, it really seems like there's a custody thing going on yeah. where her agoraphobia caused her to lose her family it feels like right. that yeah but I then know. in the movie it's just like oh we're separated we talk on the phone sometimes and then there's this big reveal where she, like, in her mind, she sees the car overturned in her kitchen. Yeah. And it's just, like, that whole, like, the movie was trash start to finish. But, like, when it reached that point, it was really, like, okay, things are <laughs> really coming undone. Yeah. Yeah. That really, I remember thinking that, too, when I was watching that moment. I was, like, wow. Because it's so, like, Amy Adams in that moment and in the whole movie, but, like, particularly in that scene, is just, like, acting her ass off like really mm-hmm. doing the best work that she mm-hmm. can but because everything around her is so bad and absurd it just comes across like ridiculous and I felt mm-hmm. bad for her like she deserves better than this yes <laughs> poor Amy yeah same thing Ugh. I just wish there was an interesting movie to be made out of this book I think and yeah. I don't know if it was 
because it's a book that's written by a man who clearly doesn't understand women or like human emotions or or anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. at all and maybe if it had been adapted by like someone who is a mom or like just Mm -hmm. a woman or like someone who understands that a little bit more they could have brought some reality to it and some like actual depth and emotion um even if the plot itself was still ridiculous because that's the other thing like the reveal of who the the bad guy is is just like he just walks in the door he just walks in the door with a knife like hello here i am yeah he's like hello i'm evil i'm evil now like I actually like rewinded that because I was like, oh, I must have been fast forwarding. Did I miss something? I had to like rewind <laughs> right? that and rewatch it again. I was like, oh no, I didn't miss anything. That's just what they're doing is hello. He's just like, <laughs> it's the time for me to reveal that I am evil. Hello. Yeah. Yes. But it I is exactly book, like in, that. <laughs> in the book, I like guessed that it was this character because there's not, this is the problem. And we've talked about this with um, thrillers with a small cast. Like there's only, only so many people it can mm-hmm. be. Like right. it's just, and you're like, it's, it's not a... that one because he's too obvious. It's not that yeah. one because he, we don't care about him enough. It's got to be this other one, you know? Yeah, like process of elimination. But mm-hmm. usually, I think in the book, the reveal was maybe a little bit better. But in the movie, it does feel like there's a missing scene. And just all of a sudden, yes. he's like, I'm here with a knife to menace you. Yeah, I feel like in the book, like, he earned it a bit more. And because they had cut out all of the stuff with her, you know, her going online and helping mm-hmm. helping people in this forum of other, is it like a forum of? other agoraphobics or is it yeah i think so something like that some kind of psychology forum that she it's like she's very involved in it and it's very prominent in the book and so i think part of how the the evil menace menaces her in the book is by like secretly joining that and oh yeah like messing with her but Mm -hmm. because all of that has been cut out of the movie like there's really very little messing with her that goes on so Mm -hmm. like it doesn't really make any sense when he shows up and he's like, hey, I'm evil now. There's also that, that whole thing that, that got cut at, like, the whole relationship, like, where the movies are being lent and the back and forth. Like, there's, like, a yeah. whole storyline about that. Mm-hmm. And that got cut. I'm like, what did you, what did you put instead? Like, you, you cut it, but you didn't put anything in there. Some of the stuff you wonder if it was in the screenplay and maybe they even shot some of it and then cut it in like test screenings. Cause you know, when they're test screening mm-hmm. movies like this that are getting a bad response, they'll just try all sorts of, they're mm-hmm. like, what if we cut this out? Is it better now? Do you like it right. now? And it's like, no, it's still shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like they made a much longer movie and they were like, oh, it's boring. So let's <laughs> shorten it. And so they just like took out all of the storytelling parts and just mm-hmm. left this weird, like staggering around looking haunted. Well, they minutes. had to keep in the stats, this, this walking on the stairs. You know, every good yes. thriller has a like, what, 90 minute sequence of a character just walking up and down flights of stairs. <laughs> yes. A lot of stairs in her 9 million floors. I'm like, yes. then why isn't it she in better shape? If all she does is walk up and down stairs all day long, why is she so full of cellulite? Explain that to me, AJ Finn. Just <laughs> <laughs> she's like, 5,000 sets of stairs every day clutching her nightgown, just up and down, like, up and down. Bounce a quarter up her ass, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's really funny if I think about it because I'm just picturing Amy Adams in a nightgown just up the stairs. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm with, I'm with Snapple. It's ridiculous. All she does is walk up and down the stairs. And they don't have like a railing on one side because of the camera. Wouldn't like the railing. So it's just really confusing too because you're like, is there really not a railing or is that just for the movie? Yeah, I had so many questions about like 
the architecture of this house. Like, it was weird. Um, but there is a specific moment uh, at the end of this movie that, like, all along I was like, this is bad. It made me perhaps chuckle a little at, from time to time at its badness. But there was a particular moment where I just, like, cackled. Oh, no. Which uh, one? Well, so in the, the, the thrilling denouement when... You know, he's menacing her and she's trying to get away. Uh, they wind up on the roof of the her roof. brownstone. It's like mm -hmm. pouring rain and yeah. there's like standing water on the roof, which isn't a thing. Um, yeah. But uh -huh. at one point he grabs this garden implement like a. Oh, yeah. Like oh, a, yes. Like, what is that thing? Like a trowel or. It's, I don't know. It it's like, like a, 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 a mini pitchfork. Yeah. Yeah. Like a rake thing with like three prongs. And he just like uh -huh. bashes her in the face with it. And it's yeah. so ridiculous that I just like died. Yeah. Like goes through her cheek. It's like really gross. Yeah. But it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden the movie became like a slasher movie. Yeah. Like it was very slashery. How else were we to know just how evil he is? Right. He showed up with a knife and told her. I know. He's, I am evil. So, like, the in the book, the, there's a big plot hole where she finds out who the bad guy is. She kills him. And, like, it really looks like she murders this person. And at the end, but the police are like, okay, I guess you, we finally believe you. But, like, it doesn't make any sense because you're like, wait, they suspected her. They found her shady this whole time. Suddenly there's this dead person in her house that she like pushed off the roof down the stairs and they're like, you poor thing. Like it didn't make right. any sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, like, why does, like, why does what? the dead body make them believe her more? Right. And so in the movie, I think they were trying to fix that and they were like, he has to hurt her, injure her somehow to explain why the police don't arrest her. I think they were trying to like fix that continuity issue. Yeah. So pitchforked her in the face. So pitchforked <laughs> her in the face because they were like, it's got to be something good. Something the police would know she would never do to herself. I think there was like a whole conversation. Oh my god! I have a theory. Yeah, they were probably like, "Let's discuss garden implements and which would be the most gruesome to get bashed in the face with." And yeah, someone was like, "What about one of these like little mini rake things?" They're like, "Yeah, that's it." <laughs> we went to Home Depot. <laughs> there is something about both the book and the movie in comparison to to uh, something like Girl on the Train or some of these other thrillers that are about unreliable women who are addicts or, or or whatever like this this story i feel like it really enjoys her suffering in a way yeah. like it's not sympathetic to her it's like look at this pathetic woman who's locked in her house wearing her giant nightgowns with no makeup on and her rivulets of cell cellulite and she's like <clears throat> this pathetic figure that we are supposed to feel sorry for instead of identifying with mm -hmm. and that fucking sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it leaves like there's there's no one in this story that like you identify with or root for. It's just kind of like watching all of these people's lives fall apart in like a very unenjoyable way. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know that it is called a cultivator tool. Oh. Wow. Good to know, obviously. What's it for except stabbing people in the face? Cultivating. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That it's like overturning it. the soil or something to like who gardens up there? She obviously You're the one from Ohio. You tell me what the cultivator tool is for. <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask LA. <laughs> you think I fucking know? <laughs> Come on, well, Ohio ladies. <laughs> it's like yeah, it was just such like it was obviously meant to be like 
this like oh my gosh he's so evil and she's this poor woman like with this cultivator tool like embedded in her face <laughs> not even called something interesting to talk about no oh no <laughs> yeah, that does not roll off the tongue no a cultivator is primarily used to mix loose soil while a garden tiller can break up hard pieces of ground as such wow. a cultivator is unlikely to work if you're creating a new garden plot because its tines are not heavy duty enough to loosen hard soil but they're heavy duty enough to go through your fucking face through your face <laughs> <laughs> Wow. The more you know. Exactly. <laughs> I just like, I don't understand like who, who put those up there. Like obviously she's not going up there and gardening. Well, before, before, before the tragedy that happened, <laughs> she maybe used to garden up there and she had like interests and left the house and put on makeup and was like a real person, you know? There was also, I feel like in the book, like a lot, like multiple scenes of her, like, attempting to go outside for some reason and then yeah. like being she unable couldn't. to in yeah. the book mm-hmm. there's or in the movie there's really not there's like one scene of that with the which Halloween. is also hilarious yeah yes. it is it's she really funny with like an umbrella <laughs> and it's like <laughs> it's really funny well one thing that i felt I, I don't remember feeling this way about the book when i read it but it really was clear in the movie like so she has all of these like psychological problems and anxiety and she's like she can't leave the house but she's like super unconconcerned by people coming into her house yeah like people are constantly was, coming in yeah. and she's like fine with it like no 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 well i think that's because it's like it's not like a psychological thriller in that it's truly concerned with the psychology it's a psychological thriller in that it's like what would be an interesting talking point you know what i mean like yeah. agoraphobia made fun aging made funny like laugh at this right. woman's pain you know what i mean yeah. it, like you said it doesn't it has a, like a sociopathic sort of bent to it mm-hmm. Ooh, here's one the weak intrigue and rigid dynamics place the film between a poor investigative case and a phony state of paranoia <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have to say after all of the praise that was heaped on the book and all of the money and all of the just like hype around this, like just imagining AJ Finn reading these reviews, like doesn't it make you just just a yeah, little happy it inside? Does. <laughs> it really does. Like I like to imagine him watching this movie and just being like, what? Like, <laughs> no, I think he would love it just because it's his. You know what I mean? He's just like, yeah. yeah. But then like Maybe. everyone hates it and it's him against the world. That's true, because that is kind of how he reacted to that New Yorker article. Yeah, he wasn't, that's like, true. Ashamed or apologetic or anything, he just was like, "Haters gonna hate." Buy my book. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there don't seem to have been any repercussions, and I don't yeah. think that people outside of the publishing world even know about this. Like all Mm-mm. the people, the millions of people who are buying this at the airport every minute. Apparently, right. <laughs> they don't know about any of this. Like, they have no idea. Um, and it's a more interesting story than this book. Aren't they making, they're making a TV show, like a limited series out yes, of the a, New Yorker article. Yeah. I, yeah. About I'm the truth so... of Dan Mallory. Doesn't it have like Jake Gyllenhaal in it or something? Jake yes. Gyllenhaal. Ah! Yeah. So excited. So also, excited. Also, he's going to love so that. so meta. He's going to love it so much. Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> playing him. Yeah. But it's like making fun of him. It's like uh, about I don't think his he's gonna mediocre care. white man confidence. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like a shocking mess that what they made from a book that like it's not like oh this was a great book and they made a terrible movie. It was a mediocre book that you can see why it was successful. 
So mm-hmm. it was like it had the potential to be a watchable, entertaining, you know, thriller movie. And it's just like they just failed on every level. It's really amazing. But instead of at the Oscars in a tuxedo sitting next to Amy Adams, he's like in his pajamas at his probably enormous house. So whatever. Fuck you, AJ right. <laughs> Like <laughs> reading all of these terrible reviews. And I, I do enjoy that. Like I, I definitely it takes I don't know if it would actually take him down a peg or affect him at all. But like I like. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a few years ago, there was a movie, a movie adaptation of the book, uh, The Snowman by Yo Nesbo. Uh, mm-hmm. who's like a hugely popular mm-hmm. Swedish or Norwegian yeah. or something other crime writer. <clears throat> and like th- the books in that series are like pretty good. And they made just a truly abominable movie of this, mm-hmm. of this book. And it's just like, how does it happen that you mm-hmm. take something that like the blueprint is right there. Like you have, you have the path in front of you of like how to make something that's at least as, as, entertaining as the book is and then mm-hmm. just completely just completely botch it it's, it's and pretty that there's amazing so many people involved yeah. in every stage like who've made lots of movies like good movies or like these actors like why did they sign on like in that one isn't it it's like rebecca ferguson and um, michael fassbender it's yes like, what were you what were you thinking like, <laughs> yeah like how did you end up in this movie what is going on yeah, where did it go wrong? I mean, I do think sometimes with projects like that where they're big adaptations, they sign on before. Like, I know Amy Adams signed on before there was a script mm-hmm. for Woman in the Window. Yeah. Because that was, it was, the announcement was like, she's playing the main character and Tracy Letts is going to write the screenplay. So, like, there wasn't a screenplay. But I don't even know where to lay the blame here. It's like every single element of it was bad. And I don't know how this happened because <laughs> all these right. people have done great things in the past. And you would think all of them together should have been able to make something that was at least like a fun hate watch. It's right. so boring. It's so, it's like so incredibly boring. <clears throat> and it really just seems like, like it, you can't, you can't blame its badness on like one person. Like there's so many people no. involved. Did no one notice? Did they notice and not say anything? Did they notice and not care? Is it just like, everyone was just like, well, someone else will notice and I don't have to raise the, the the flag to say hey we're making a bad movie here or did they like you know they filmed everything and then <clears throat> when it came down to like actual editing they were just like crazy cut happy and they removed everything that made it make sense like I can see that happening for sure yeah it is fascinating just how bad it is yes yeah we can't exactly recommend that you watch it however no. uh if you are curious from sort of in the anthropological point of view <laughs> how 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 this happened exactly like it's 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 very bizarre make use of that fast forward button yeah i would actually recommend people read the book over watching the movie yeah yes even though but don't don't buy it or you probably already have a copy somewhere in your house the one that you know has a copy (laughs) yeah you may have several copies like you may have bought it at multiple airports and didn't notice because it's like not especially memorable um Mm -hmm. so but we absolutely recommend the New Yorker article oh, about yes. AJ Finn's scams because oh that it's is like incredible. A, that's I, a thriller. Yes, yeah. that is a true thriller. And I'm going like, to watch the what? fuck out of that Jake Gyllenhaal show, and we're going to have to do an episode on that, too, I think, <laughs> whenever that comes out. Yes. Cups of we're still pee? kicking then. <laughs> cups, the cups of pee better be in there. Yeah, they better not cut stuff out. 
Yeah. I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal pee in cups. Yes. You leave them. <laughs> like, if you want an Emmy, Jake, you need to pee in the cups. <laughs> Do you hear us? That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.